0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Corey Walsh Podcast brought to you by The Extended Cut. Today we have on the big sports guy, Kyle Erickson. We're talking all things NFL. We're also starting off with the mailbag from the questions that you guys sent us. A lot of good questions. We're also going to talk about NFL predictions for the season, records, division winners, and we're also talking about Rookie of the Year and overall just a really fun podcast please remember to subscribe and rate this podcast and don't forget to check out our youtube channel at the extended cut or our instagram or twitter but first let's get to kyle erickson all right and joining us for his bi-weekly appearance it's kyle erickson aka big sports guy welcome back kyle hey Corey. how you doing uh, you know, quarantine is getting pretty sweet. The warmer the weather is, you know.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Run week, I don't know, like fifty thousand. <laughs> All the days just blend together at this point.
0: It's been day X since last dance. <laughs> no one knows. That it, it
1: has. Yeah. I'm actually re watching the last dance with uh with family. So oh, wow. I'm kinda of reliving it.
0: Yep. That must be nice.
1: Yeah, we're it is, yeah. We're on uh Episode seven, so oh. just just past the the gambling part of MJ's career and his retirement into baseball, and
0: where he didn't that, have a problem with gambling, but clearly did.
1: But clearly did.
0: <laughs> no, like, he I didn't, he have didn't really have.
1: He didn't really have a problem, though. He gambled a lot, but you know,
0: <laughs> I gambled fine. a lot, and I was with really sketchy dudes gambling, but I didn't have a problem. <laughs> I was basically in the no. dark web of, of the gambling world.
1: <laughs> hey man, MJ's still a billionaire.
0: I mean, yeah, he has a lot of shoes. Yeah, and he, he owns does. a so lucrative NBA franchise, the Hornets.
1: Yeah, he does. I I do think it's funny. Did you see – who is it on the Hornets that called MJ out for that comment he made two or three years ago, like, saying, I could beat all these guys in the Hornets one-on-one right now? Was, Did you see that?
0: Was it Miles Bridges who said he – I think
1: it was, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, he can't. Miles yeah, Bridges I mean, MJ
1: – MJ probably could still beat like half the Hornets players one on one
0: right now. I mean, I don't know how much of an accomplishment that would be. He is one of the worst GMs and has assembled one of the worst rosters. Except yeah. for Cody Zeller. Maybe,
1: <laughs> except for Cody Zeller. No, Cody Zeller's included in that.
0: I like Cody Zeller. I think he's solid. Yeah. He's but, not you know. great. I'm not sitting here saying I'm saying like in terms of average NBA backup centers, he's there.
1: Yeah, sure. Sure. But there's a reason the Hornets are never in contention.
0: It might be because Kemba left.
1: Yeah, it's because Kemba left. Although I'm so glad he's a Celtic, so I'm actually not very sad. I think Charlotte
0: is weeping. (laughs) And and telling (laughs) themselves that Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier are half of what Kemba is.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, Kemba's the only star player Charlotte's had in a really long time. I mean, I can't think... Yeah, I guess.
0: That's definitely their last, like, good player.
1: Yeah, until Kemba.
0: (laughs) Until Ramon Sessions.
1: Until Ramon Sessions came into town, yeah.
0: The people of Charlotte are thanking Ramon for his great work.
1: Yeah, sorry, Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) All All right, well, today
0: today, uh, we're doing a, uh, we're going to open up with Mailbag, which is uh, a little shorter than last time, but that's fine. And we also got a lot of NFL afterwards because we have the big sports guy on for only NFL, apparently.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's all I do.
0: That's all I do. <laughs> We're going to talk about golf next week.
1: Yeah, but not not the match. We're going to talk about rising amateurs.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that guy in South Korea. Yes.
1: Yeah. Why don't we talk about Korean baseball, actually? Would- have you been betting on Korean baseball?
0: Uh, no, Kyle, because as a resident of Connecticut, I cannot legally. Wow. Sad (laughs) Connecticut. In uh, New Hampshire, though, I was a fiend on the DraftKings.
1: Oh, were you? I didn't know that you actually couldn't use DraftKings in Connecticut.
0: Yeah, me neither. Yeah, wow. (laughs) No, no, you can. you... You can't use the sports book.
1: Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, but once I was going to say, DraftKings taste... is just an app, how can they?
0: Yeah, no, it's like, but once you get the taste of the sports book, you don't really want to go back to assemble your fantasy lineup. <laughs> True that. <laughs> because then it just becomes a more aggravating version of fantasy football. Uh-huh. Because <laughs> it's almost like actual money's on the line. Well, yeah, Every it week. is
1: like actual money's on the That's line. That's not what I tell myself, Kyle. It's jump <laughs> change. I'm so rich
0: as an unemployed college graduate.
1: It's Monopoly money.
0: (laughs) I just throw it around willy-nilly.
1: You lose some money, you make some money, you know.
0: Yeah, it's that even. (laughs) Uh, So I think we should just jump right into these mailbag questions. Once again, thank you to those who have sent mailbag questions. I like to interact with people who listen to this podcast. And uh, any question you submit will be answered, as you'll tell by the last question we answer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so our first question comes from Chris, and it says, "What are your thoughts on the MLB possibly going on strike for this season?" Kyle, what do you uh, what do you think about this?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, it looks more and more likely like there might not actually be baseball next year. Um, the owners are really lowballing the players, and the players don't appear willing to budge off wanting like that prorated salary rate. Um, You know, I don't know how much of it you've read up on, uh, Corey, but it just – baseball, I think, is going to be a big loser in 2020 because if there's no season, baseball is just going to become even less popular than it already is, to be honest with you. That's what I think at least.
0: Yeah, uh, the thing with baseball for me is that it's – it like outside of like tennis and golf should be the easiest major sport to come back. Maybe yeah, because I mean, boxing and UFC are basically already back, so I'm not gonna say that because that also seemed very plausible to come back. You just don't need the people in the arenas, which people are saying is very entertaining. By the way, I've they put it on such weird times though that I can never watch. I'm like, I want to watch it. It's like, oh, on ESPN Plus, it's at 6 p.m. and I'm like, 6 p.m. Why, why am I gonna watch it at six? Why couldn't you have just done it at like eight o'clock? I think it's all because of that like wherever Dana White wants it to be. That's where they'll put it. But anyway, uh, baseball should be the easiest of the four major sports to come back. And for some reason, they're just like the most stubborn. It is by far the easiest solution. The whole game is basically played where positions are so far apart in the field. The closest players are going to be is either at home plate with the catcher and the batter and the umpire or just in the dugout. And the fact that baseball knows that it's a it's losing popularity every year and it's just going to risk the possibility of just not having a season I'm going to give people a huge news flash here that isn't that shocking I don't think people would care outside of diehard baseball fans that baseball doesn't come back and the reason that people are trying to care now is because we just want sports
1: yeah I personally don't really care you know I mean I'm I'm a Red Sox fan and during the baseball season, if the Red Sox are in contention, I'll kind of keep my eye on the standings. But other than the playoffs, I don't really watch. You know, baseball to me is something that's really fun to go to. Like, it's it's a fun way to spend a day. Um, but if there's no baseball this season, I'm not really going to notice. It'd be great to have live sports, you know? It'd be great to have live sports in America, like you said, but... I don't know that baseball is going to come to an a agreement here, unless, to be quite frankly, the owners budge because the players seem like they're just not going to. Um, but one thing you mentioned that I think is really cool and like is something really innovative that is going to come out of all this is like fighting the UFC with no fans in the arena. You can hear everything that goes on. Like fans are getting a much closer look. Um, like you can hear everything that's happening in the arena. And I hope that the NFL actually moves away from there and to pump crowd noise in and just lets us listen to what's going on on the field. Because I think that's a really cool innovation that's coming out of this. And baseball's missing out because baseball really should have been the first sport to come back. Like you said, it's not that difficult. Everyone's kind of distanced anyways. And if you can get testing in place, you can do it. But baseball is just, this is a big swing and a miss there not to be a baseball season this year and the fact that both you and i don't really care is even worse for the mlb
0: i like the pun you casually threw in there
1: thanks (laughs) i was hoping someone would pick it up just a little deadpan dad joke
0: (laughs) you know you got it the closer we get to supporting
1: Uh, a child (laughs) yeah don't remind me man
0: dude i just want to i want to mow my lawn
1: i just want to mow my lawn Get up at six AM, let the dog out. <laughs> read the paper. Clean the pool. <laughs> read the paper.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Again it's six thirty in the morning.
0: <laughs> I know that my neighbor across the street will be doing the same thing. We'll give each other that simultaneous yeah. dad nod, being like, Yeah, hey,
1: man. <laughs> hey man. How's it going? How's the kids?
0: Alright, another question asked by Chris is will championships feel tarnished since a lot of leagues had to split up the season into two? I think that's a really good question and I think depending on what side your team is on in this uh, way that the season decides to split, there's going to just totally be like the Zaggers that are like, yeah, you know, the sports back, but it doesn't count. But these are the same people that are like, oh, God, you know, it just has to come back. And I just think with sports, you're always going to have people who like want to be the person that's against popular opinion.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um I think, no, that championships won't be tarnished. And I think it's in part because everyone's going through the same thing. You know, like hockey's coming back and Hockey's trying to have a 2014 playoff, right? I mm-hmm. think that's what I saw. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, all 24 teams are going to go have to play under the same circumstances. All teams just had to take like a several months long break. So, you know, we should be grateful that there were any sports on at all. It's going to be really entertaining to see hockey and hopefully basketball come back soon and especially to see playoff hockey and basketball um i you know i think every year there's things that you can say to put an asterisk next to a team's title you know last year when the raptors won everyone was saying oh well you know steph's hurt like um kd's hurt didn't clay get hurt too or no excuse me clay was hurt not steph um but like a year out, everyone still says, yeah, Toronto's champions. Like, there's not an asterisk next to it. They still won. Um, it's a good question, but I think people, like, the teams that win this year, they're champions. They're just as much champions as any other year.
0: Yeah, no, I just see, like, people being, like, so let's say in the NBA, they are they were rumoring group stage, but it seems now they're do, opting more towards play-in. Yeah. And, like, let's say the Wizards, in the East, they match up against, I don't know, we'll say the Celtics. And the Wizards beat the Celtics in a seven-game series. People would be like, I know that there's no real chance that would happen, but it's like you could just totally see people like being like, oh, well, you know, the Wizards wouldn't even be in it. if This was like a regular playoff, and this is just stupid that we threw them in. I mean, it's, a, it's like all the tradition, the basketball tradition, quote-unquote traditionalists and purists but these are also the same people who don't think the idea of hybridizing the uh playoff to be just one through 16 seed instead of just east and west is a terrible argument too even though that would definitely play out for like much better games because let's face it you know it's really entertaining to watch the bucks play the orlando magic in a seven game series and have it be four one yeah
1: no no I I do wish that the NBA would. I really like that group stage idea.
0: I did too. Um, we had a whole podcast on it. Our last one with Jeremy was all about the uh possibilities for the group stage and that aged so well.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean it was it was a great podcast and it's I think a really cool idea but it might be a little too like unique for the NBA to do right now. Um Is one to sixteen on the table? Is that definitely a consideration?
0: Uh, Um, No, it seems. Because I actually haven't been paying attention as
1: closely. Okay, yeah.
0: Because the one through sixteen has always been kind of rumored for like the past few years, but I think Adam Silver doesn't want to be too drastic in what he decides to do to bring the NBA back. He's not going to be like, let's bring it back and let's spice it up entirely. Because that, again, would lead to Chris's question. I think a lot of people would view it with an asterisk. Be like, it was a completely different format.
1: Right. And, yeah, that's why the group stage would have been, like, a step too far. But, you know, I think the NBA can come out of this crisis stronger than ever. I kind of hope that, like, as a result of having to play the season so late, that they don't start next season until Christmas Day. Because that kind of does just feel like the start to the NBA season anyways. Yeah. well, we'll see. Everything's up in the air. You know, I feel like these things change week to week.
0: Yeah. It The NBA, though, is definitely the most proactive. And MLB could take a few notes, going back to the first question, on how to actually want their season to continue. Yeah. And the
1: MLB should also take a note from the NBA and NFL and NHL and let everyone use their content and post it online. You know, we, we can't do that right now. It sucks, MLB. You're missing us.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't worry though, they got the ninety year olds who really liked Lou Gehrig.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're definitely a, a great audience for the long <laughs> term. <laughs> they
0: have a longevity that the MLB could cash out on for years.
1: Right. Dude, yeah, I really do wonder where baseball's gonna be in like twenty to thirty years from now. Because they're just missing our demographic.
0: They're missing like and
1: people older than us. They're missing like the fun
0: and like the youth movement of sports in general.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and just like the more entertaining part of sports.
0: they realize by them being less and less popular that the only people who are really gonna want to play baseball are like people who really like need to in order to like make a living? Yeah, it's not gonna be people who enjoy the game anymore because people are gonna grow up. Like, look at youth soccer. Like, soccer is a massive sport worldwide, but youth soccer is the only time that kids actually play soccer. Most of the time, they're forced to play it. And look how the MLS is a terrible league overall. That's what mm-hmm. the MLB is basically heading towards because and ki- less kids want to play baseball because it's not the cool sport like the NBA and the NFL and hockey are. It's just going to slowly dwindle and then probably die.
1: Yeah, and I think soccer, too. I mean, personally, I like soccer more than baseball right now. Um, And, like, that wasn't always the case. Like, growing up, I feel like baseball was seen as, like, this big sport. Um, And, like, you know, my my grandfather, like, is a huge baseball fan. He still is, like, one of the, you know, those whole people who watch all the Red Sox games on a regional channel. Like, he'll sit down every night and do that. Um, But I feel like that crowd is just – I don't know. It's it's becoming smaller and smaller. And soccer to me is just, like, it's more entertaining. Like, to play soccer, like, you just need to be a better athlete. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Baseball, it's not. How it's, dare you? I don't know. Bartolo <laughs> Cologne <Yeah>. is
0: the <laughs> pinnacle of health. The
1: definition of optional <laughs> off-season workouts. <laughs> uh, all
0: right. Next question here we got is from Sam, and he asked, what are your favorite batting stances ever? Um, Well, as we said, we're both huge baseball fans. <laughs> this is gonna play really well. Uh, the one that always comes to mind when you think of MLB batting stances is obviously the Uke. And I am not a Red Sox fan, but that is obviously like one of the most like it stands out. The dude is holding it with like two fingers, and then somehow, by the time a ninety-plus mile per hour like pitch comes his way, he just gets a tight grip and then just rips it. It's insane.
1: Yeah, I, and actually, growing up, I did like the Red Sox. So I used to watch Kevin Youkilis. Um, you know, especially when the Red Sox made their World Series runs, and he has the most distinguishable stance. He just kind of like waddles, you know.
0: <laughs> and he just holds with two fingers.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I think my favorite batting stance is David Ortiz, just because when he walked up to the plate, he looked like a bear, and you knew <laughs> in the postseason if the Red Sox needed it. He was going to go yard. It's just like when I see Big Poppy come up to the plate, it's the most intimidating, like forceful batting stance. So David Ortiz, the GOAT.
0: All right. And our last question here is, uh comes from Ian. And for those who don't know, Ian is our co-host every other week. And Ian asked, what are some tips on getting bigger shoulders with at-home workouts? <laughs> Well, great
1: question.
0: First off <laughs> you obviously need to buy some creatine because there's no way you can get a traditional gym workout in the way that things are today. Take it from me, who is probably one of the most yoked <laughs> people on the planet. That I didn't that's, get these weak arms I didn't get these bulky <laughs> arms from just sitting around and playing wee bowling. Alright? It's very obvious you take that and then you do what the traditional farmer would do and you would take some gallons of milk and start heaving them shot put style in your backyard at least 30 times before and after with a little creatine and i can tell you in no time that your shoulders will be the size of basketballs
1: that's great advice Corey, that's re- that's really good advice i i like to add to it laundry detergent take as many <laughs> jugs of laundry detergent as you can find find <laughs> find a wall hang off it and, and do do a couple do a couple lateral raises Do a couple of those numbers on top of the the thirty throws, right? Okay. And I, I think that that's a complete workout to make sure that you're hitting all three heads of the shoulder. You know, the front, Kyle, (laughs) the side, and the rear.
0: Mm, You got to
1: hit all. You you got to hit all three delts.
0: Your circumference on your shoulders is going to be out of this world. You're welcome, people.
1: We just added three inches to your shoulders.
0: And you know what they say, right it's the summer of the shoulder.
1: It is. It's, it's the summer where everyone stays inside and gets yoked shoulders. Nothing else. We're only working the shoulders.
0: I'm tired of forearm summers. That implies yeah. something that I'm not going to discuss. But instead, <laughs> I think that your shoulders are the underrated part of your body. I'd say shoulders and back are the ugly stepsisters of the gym regimen.
1: Wow, Corey, that's that's so insightful. Thank so I, I, feel, I feel like we really helped
0: our audience. Julian Michaels, if you're out there and you need someone to join you on being a insightful but yet inspiring gym figure, look no further than us.
1: Yeah. The buck stops here.
0: <laughs> All <laughs> right. Thanks again to everyone for asking questions. Uh, Great questions. We'll do it probably like once a month, you know, because I, I know it probably was impossible to come up with those questions. And we're going to move on to uh, talking to NFL now. So me and Kyle decided that we're going to do our way too early predictions because we all know that there's going to be six key players that probably get hurt in the preseason or training camp, or apparently players can just tear their ACL at home workouts. Did you see that? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I did. And honestly, I think I'm afraid that's going to happen more frequently this year than most just because guys haven't been able to be in the gym. People are just like, they're going to come back not as prepared as in most years. And so as a result, I think you might see more injuries, unfortunately.
0: Unless you stick with me and Kyle's regimens.
1: Right, unless you do that, because we're we're medical experts.
0: It's true. I uh, took <laughs> up one course. It was a discovery in uh, physical health, also known as PE.
1: Yeah, I took um, high school biology.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and uh yeah. <laughs> Oh, all right. <laughs> I was curious to know where that was going to go. It, it went. Uh, all right. So, do you want to start with the AFC or NFC for our record predictions?
1: Oh, that's good. Let's go with the uh, with the AFC. Do all you right. start, Corey.
0: Yeah, we're just talking playoff picture here. So now it is seven teams.
1: It is. Yes.
0: So do you want to? Yeah. So do we just want to go through all seven at once? Or do you want to alternate?
1: How about we? Uh, do you want to pick division winners? Then we can choose wild our three wildcard teams. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, so I have tied with a 13 and 3 record both the Ravens and the Chiefs. I have the Ravens' three losses being the Chiefs, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. Because I think Cleveland's just one of those games at the end of the I think the divisional games are just really hard. I think it's more likely than not that they're going to split. And then with the Chiefs, I have their three losses being to Buffalo one to Denver, and then one to New Orleans. And then 11-5, and I have the Buffalo Bills, who do a 2-2 and split with the Finns and Pats, and then they also lose to Seattle, Pittsburgh, and San Francisco. And then the Colts I have winning the AFC South, with their losses being at Minnesota, the Ravens, the Texans, the Titans, Pittsburgh, and Green Bay. Yeah,
1: that's spot on. I have the exact same division winners i have a little bit different records for them um uh i think the ravens are going to be uh the one seed i think they're going to win 12 games um the ravens have the easiest schedule in the nfl they Mm -hmm. have the least amount of travel to do in the nfl and they're largely returning their roster and i think they're probably going to take a step forward uh lamar will be in year three mark andrews will, will be in his second year playing with lamar full time Hollywood Brown looks terrific. I don't know if you've seen what he's been doing this offseason, working with Lamar. Um, You know, I I do think that defenses will be better prepared to slow the Ravens down next year, but um, none of that matters when you actually have to tackle Lamar Jackson. So I think the Ravens will be 12-4. and And I also think the Chiefs will win 12 games. Um, I think the Chiefs got even better, to be honest with you. They're returning nearly all their starters last year from the Super Bowl run. And on top of that, they added Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who I think was one of the best running backs in the draft and will fit perfectly with what Andy Reid wants to do. Um, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be really dangerous. And yesterday, who knows if this is actually true, but uh, Tyreek Hill tweeted out that he has only 1% body fat. And he's been doing hamstring exercises where he's on the ground and they're like, he goes all the way to the ground and lifts himself back up with like a 35 pound plate in front of him using just his hamstrings. It's incredible. Um, yeah, Corey, I mean, he gets people yoked. I think the Ravens and the chiefs are the two best teams in the AFC. Um, after them, I, I have the Colts and bills also winning their divisions, the AFC South and AFC East. Um, I think the Colts are going to be really great with Phillip rivers next season. Um, the Colts last year had one of the best offensive lines in football, according to PFF, and they're going to have one of the best O-lines again in 2020. Um, their backfield got even more explosive by adding Jonathan Taylor. Um, and I think Rivers has one more good year in him. I, I think if he can be kept up right and he can limit the turnovers a little bit, the Colts can be a really good team. Um, you know, People forget before Andrew Luck retired prior to last season, a lot of people were picking the Colts as, as a sneaky Super Bowl contender because the roster around Andrew Luck was going to be so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also just think Frank Frank Reich is a terrific head coach. So, yeah. um, I'm, I'm picking the Colts. And then as the fourth seed in the AFC, I'm going to go with the Buffalo bills, the time that, you know, for the Patriots to win AFC East, it has come and passed their dynasty run is largely over. Um, and I think the bills are a really good football team. Um, I still have questions about Josh Allen. He's just not a great passer. You um, he's <laughs> he still can't complete sixty percent of his throws. Um, with those legs. He's great with his he's great with his legs though, and the roster around him is is built to win now, especially on defense. Um, so I, I have the Bills going ten and six and getting the four seed.
0: Yeah, I um. I'm very curious to see who your wild card teams are because mine are the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers at 10 and 6. Ooh. I have them losing to the Ravens, the Browns, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Texans and Denver. And I have the Titans as another wild card team at 9 and 7 playing who would lose to the Colts, Ravens, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Texans and Packers. And then my last wild card team was between the Texans, the Patriots, and Denver. And I picked the Patriots. <laughs> wow, I just I look at their schedule, and I I think there's it is one of the harder ones in football. But I have them losing all, mostly the harder ones. I think the only team that was really impressive I had them beating was San Francisco, because I I think there's something about San Francisco that I don't like that much. But Same. But uh, I had them losing to Buffalo, Miami, Kansas City, Baltimore, Seattle, Houston, and the Rams, which are really the toughest teams they play on their schedule. I think outside of Miami. Right, but Miami's division. Right.
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So I I disagree a little bit. Um, you know, I'm just not sold on Ben Roethlisberger. Um, you know, if he if that elbow is fully healed and he's back, he looks like. What he, yeah, he's back. <laughs> he shaved the beard. I, I just, I really don't know what you're going to get out of him. Um, if he's the Big Ben of three or four years ago, yeah, the Steelers, you know, can very easily find themselves in the playoff picture, but I'm just not sure. He's 38. Um, the elbow injury he sustained was horrific. Um, you know, I, his advantage was that he could stay upright and throw the ball anywhere on the field. Deadly accurately, and I you know, until I actually see him do that again, I just don't buy it.
0: Kyle, um, I don't know so know I actually... actually Colin Coward Wait, says that thirty-eight is the new thirty-four.
1: Sure. But Ben <laughs> Roethlisberger hasn't kept himself in shape Ever How dare really, you? until it seems like this Off season
0: He is like, the pinnacle of
1: health. Yeah, he's the pinnacle of the shaved Kyle. The man shaved. <laughs> What was that quote from Jay Glazer? Like the words Ben Roethlisberger and fitness can never be in the same sentence, <laughs> something like that. Uh, His yeah. idea of fitness is around a golf and a beer.
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: um, yes. No, but I actually have the Cleveland Browns getting into the playoffs. I think the Cleveland Browns and Houston Texans will go nine and seven, both of them, mm. um, and they'll they'll snag the final two wild cards. And I think the Denver Broncos are going to go ten and six and grab the fifth seed in the AFC. Um, I think Denver is um, more underrated than a lot of people are, are giving them credit for, um, you know, Drew Locke last year was four and one down the stretch. And his only loss was on the road at Kansas city. Um, Denver is returning with a lot more weapons around him. Melvin Gordon in the backfield, the uh, Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, KJ Hamler. Um, and the defense is going to be even better, too. Um, they added A.J. Boye, Jarrell Casey, Bradley Chubb's coming back. I think Denver's a really sneaky team, and I think that they can steal that five seed and, who knows, maybe upset Buffalo in the first round.
0: I think the Patriots and Denver have, like, they're basically, in my mind, have the same chance of making that spot. So that was honestly very tough for me to decide. And sure. I can't really— I,
1: for, for... For me, the advantage is Drew Locke in Denver. Drew Locke's the real deal, and nobody knows what Jarrett Stidham is going to be.
0: I was going to say the two issues for me, for both of them, I can't even feel like – I feel like I don't know if Drew Locke is the real deal because a five-game sample size is not even remotely enough to determine if he's a good quarterback. And also, I don't know, I like Phil Lindsay a lot, and I don't get why the Broncos just have this incessant need to try to like give him – like. <laughs> a portion of the carries when he obviously I think can handle like ninety percent of them. First it was with Royce Freeman and then they're like uh, okay and then they got Melvin Gordon so I don't know it kind of feels like an Adam Gase type thing where they just refuse to accept they have a really good running back and would rather just bury them with other running backs except in the case of Adam Gase he buries them with worse running backs.
1: Yeah, Philip uh, Lindsay's problem is just not putting too much of a load on him because he has shown he's not the most durable. Um, so for, for like the Broncos, la- the last two seasons have just been trying to limit the number of hits he's taken. But with Melvin Gordon now, that's not really an issue because you have two really great running backs. Um, and everyone around the Broncos organization is saying, Drew Locke is the guy. Von Miller is saying, this guy's a rock star. Um, if you didn't get hurt in training camp and miss the first like, gosh, 10 weeks of the season, um, he would have been the starter a lot earlier. Um, and I think the narrative would have been a little bit different. Um, but I, I think that Denver's heading in a terrific direction. I think they're, they're slept on. And I also think Cleveland is too, because Cleveland has one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. Oh, they do. And Now they have a big boy head coach this year, (laughs) not Freddie Kitchens. So we'll see. And Houston, too, you know, Bill O'Brien is a bad general manager, but um, he's very clearly a good football coach. And Deshaun Watson, I'm not going to bet against him.
0: Great people person.
1: Great people person Bill (laughs) (laughs) O'Brien. He only yells at fans some games. And he only makes only makes
0: the NFL's most elite wide receiver want to leave. Yeah, well, rip. Giving wasn't it? He, he giving him like Aaron Hernandez comparisons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very close. But, DeAndre Hopkins, well-known murderer.
1: But you know who else um, makes a lot of talented players want to leave? Bill Belichick. How so? I mean, Tom Brady.
0: Okay, well, that was just not cool,
1: <laughs> Gronk. <laughs> For being realistic, Gronk. let's be
0: honest, Gronk
1: didn't. Richard Seymour, Chandler Jones. These Randy were all, Moss after two years.
0: <laughs> these were all trades. But the it's Gronk true. thing like the thing about Gronk is that it was he would have gone wherever Tom went. He just wants to be where Tom is.
1: Except New England.
0: Well, I guarantee you yeah. that he wouldn't have come back if Tom was still in New England.
1: <laughs> no, exactly. <I> <laughs> that's my point.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think the grog thing is just very weird. And let's just be – I heard this great – all right, so I listened to the Bill Simmons podcast, Slight Plug. And I um this person brought up how they felt that the Lakers – remember that Lakers team with Kobe and Steve Nash and yeah. Dwight Howard and everyone thought that was going to be great, and then they realized age isn't just a number?
1: Yep. Yeah, that was 2012, wasn't it? That was after yeah. the Chris Paul trade fell through.
0: Yeah, and I feel like yeah. there is some part of this ta- Tampa thing that could play out in that way because i'm not i'm not saying more of tom i'm saying way more of gronk i really don't think gronk is going to be remotely what he was even like in his last year in new england
1: no and with cameron bray and oj howard on the roster they're only going to use gronk in limited packages like they're not like you'll see gronk in the red zone sure you'll see him on third down uh other than that they're going to try and limit the number of hits he takes
0: I I don't and know they why. and they have the depth too. I, I don't well, know Tennessee why he's gold. so sturdy.
1: That's that's not an unfair point about the Bucks.
0: I I'm if not an anti-Tampa guy though. I'm not trying to say right.
1: That. If you want to get into our NFC division winner
0: picks, oh yeah. Well, I I say I'm anti-Tampa. I'm just saying. Spoiler alert: I don't have them in this. Yeah, um, that's because more of have, how tough the NFC is though.
1: Right, right um you can start you want me to go first Mm -hmm. yeah cool um so out in the nfc west i'm picking the seattle seahawks to win that division i think that the and i haven't gone 11 and 5 i think that the 49ers are going to take a bigger step back than most people expect um you know last year they were a super dominant team they had a terrific run game on offense so they could just run the ball control the clock keep picking up first downs and on defense they had a terrific pass rush to complement a great secondary um but I think in all those phases maybe with the exception of on offense they're going to take a pretty significant step back um losing DeForest Buckner to the Colts I think was a really big hit for them um I think part a huge part of the reason why they were so dominant is because DeForest Buckner opened up a lot of options on that defensive line Um, You know, I know that they addressed the group in in the NFL draft, but you just don't replace DeForest Buckner overnight. Um, And I I think Bosa will take a slight step back, not anything against him, but a slight step back because he doesn't have that help with him. Mm -hmm. And in the secondary, they're not getting any younger. Richard Sherman's a year older, and he got torched in the Super Bowl. Um, He got (laughs) burned. So I think the Seahawks win that division. Russell Wilson has been in the playoffs, I think, seven out of eight years in his career. He's always had a winning record. Um, Yeah, so I have the Niners taking a slight step back. In the NFC North, I have the Green Bay Packers winning it. I have them going 10-6. and Uh, I think that the division will be down. I think that they'll probably win it late in the season, uh, edging out Minnesota. I just think Detroit and Chicago are really bad football teams. And I also think Aaron Rodgers is going to be fired up going into next year. So I'm picking the Packers and the NFC North. In the NFC South, I think the Saints win that division. Um, I have the Saints going 12-4. and four. Uh, The Saints are loaded again. They should have been the two seed last year. Um, and they added Emmanuel Sanders to their roster. Um, Drew Brees, if he can stay healthy and, you know, the Saints don't have to rush Taysom Hill in there or put Jameis Winston on the field, God forbid. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that the Saints can – Make a legitimate Super Bowl run next season. So I have them winning the South. And then out east, I have the Eagles winning that division. Um, I think the Eagles will win that division at mm, 11 and 5. I'm on the edge between 10 or 11 wins for the Eagles. But, um, you know, I think that they're better than Dallas. They're certainly better than Washington and New York. Um, and I think they'll be improved off of last year. They added Darius Slay in the secondary. They did get Carson Wentz wide receiver help. Maybe not the receivers, Eagles fans wanted, but he's getting good receiver help. Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are back, and hopefully they can stay healthy. Um, but I, I think Carson Wentz is a really terrific quarterback. Um, I, I think he's, I think he's still a little bit underappreciated. Um, and I also love Doug Peterson, so I'm picking the Eagles in the East.
0: Yeah, we have mostly. The same here. I um, I have the Saints being the one seed at 13-3 and three, with their losses being against Tampa, Atlanta, and San Francisco. I think the Saints are still the best team in the South. I don't see how anyone could really argue against it except for those who are drinking the Tom Brady Kool-Aid. And I think that the Cowboys are going to show this will be the war of the year, <laughs> that the Cowboys actually will be a decent team. I think they're going to go 12 and 4. I think they're going to lose to Baltimore, Philly, the Giants and Minnesota. I think the Cowboys are, have... you, are you serious? Yes.
1: Wow. Hot take. The Cowboys going 12 and 4.
0: I think this team is very like I think they have like the brown syndrome where they're just extremely talented and it just came down to needing a new coach in the room. And I think adding Mike McCarthy is a very boring move, but on paper it Mike McCarthy has had great records with the, the Packers for many years And I yeah, think
1: M- McCarthy was a good hire
0: But I think that this team is Very talented on both sides of the ball I mean they made their Wide receiver core even better They have Zeke So I mean they have Dak who is gonna Hopefully be As good as he's always been but people still Underrate him <laughs> And obviously Dallas has a really good Defense too I mean who doesn't Love Leighton Van Der Esch anyone the next coming is zach thomas and i think that the cowboys are gonna prove the haters wrong this year and actually be a good football team i like how that's the line that has to be set
1: (laughs) yeah that's the hottest take i think in this podcast history (laughs) the cowboys winning 12
0: games uh and then i have the packers going 11 and 5 I think that they will lose against Minnesota, New Orleans, San Francisco, Philly, and Tennessee. Um, I think this is gonna be more of the same of what we saw last year because the offense is basically the exact same. I'm sorry, they added a power running back into the rotation, so that might be a little different.
1: And Jordan loves on the bench too. Don't 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 count out that production.
0: Yes, you're right. That that's gonna produce huge for them this year. <laughs> It's going to make yes. Aaron Rodgers film <laughs> twice the amount of State Farm commercials. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, I don't I don't see the team really changing that drastically at all. I mean, it's a good football team. I think the second year with uh, Matt LeFleur is going to produce. I, I would be very shocked if this team is not the same narrative we saw last year. Great defense trying to keep Aaron Rodgers from throwing less touchdowns probably. I guess they're going to try to make that narrative happen. They'd be like, see, he's in a decline, even though we run much more and have terrible wide receivers outside of Devontae Adams. <laughs> and uh, this will be Adam Lazard's big year. Go big or go home. <laughs> and then I have the Seahawks winning, going 10-6. and six. I have them losing to Dallas, San Francisco, Philly, Atlanta, the Rams, and Minnesota. I think the Seahawks team is the best. I think Russell Wilson is the best player in this division, and he has proved year in and year out that they're going to just be slow starters and excellent finishers. And let's just face it. I mean, if the Seahawks start the season two and two for like the, what, like the seventh year in a row and people are just going to be like, I knew this would be the year that they don't really have a defense and Russ only has Tyler Lockett and it will just happen again. They're going to win the division. (laughs)
1: Yeah. that It is so crazy that it's no O-line, no defense, Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. <laughs> and they're still going to win 10 or 11 games.
0: Except Chris Carson's very underrated, and Rashad Penny definitely came into his own last season after everyone being like, why the hell did they pick Rashad Penny <laughs> with their first round yeah, pick? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, they do have two solid backs. Yeah, so I think I wouldn't be—I mean, the Seattle team isn't depleted. It's definitely not the worst yeah. team Russell Wilson's had, but— it's definitely not a team that should win the division given how tough the NFC is.
1: Yeah, agreed. Who are your wildcard teams then?
0: Uh, I have Minnesota as my first wildcard team going eleven and five. I have them beating uh, losing to Green Bay, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, and Chicago. I have the Eagles as my second wildcard team. So I don't think I think the Eagles are good like you do, except I think they I think they have a weaker team overall than Dallas does especially on the offensive end. I think that the Eagles are a glorified version of the Seahawks where their offense is lackluster outside of their quarterback. I do really like Miles Sanders, though. And Alshon Jeffrey, to me, has always been like just a name. I feel like his name doesn't go with the production that he's had. Everyone remembers like Chicago Alshon Jeffrey. We have not seen that form of Alshon Jeffrey, I think, in Philly ever. And Deshaun Jackson is coming back. But let's not forget that Deshaun Jackson's, like, what, 33 years old? And his entire game is based off speed. I don't think with age, you get faster. And Jalen Ragor is obviously a huge question mark. I would say their best receiving target is definitely Zach Ertz. And I would honestly say their second best target is definitely Dallas Goddard. And I think that the Eagles struggled last year with secondary. They obviously addressed it, added one corner. to, But let's not forget, there was a point in the Eagles season last year where they were struggling to find corners and only had three at one point during the season on the roster. And I think the Eagles are still a very good team, though. I think they're very talented, very good coaching. I think Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. I think this will be the make or break year for Carson Wentz because him and Dak Prescott have this similar issue where they both can't seem to win against above 500 teams. In the case of Carson Wentz, I would say that's kind of weird because he, the Eagles have been very good under Carson Wentz you'd expect them to win more games against top top teams in the league and the last team i have in the wild card is san francisco at 10 and 6 san francisco i think is it's gonna have a super bowl hangover but i don't think it's gonna be so bad that it kicks them out of the playoff picture and i have them losing against arizona the rams the seahawks the patriots green bay and dallas
1: interesting yeah um so my three wildcard teams in the nfc a little bit different from yours i also have the niners as a wildcard team um you know i think they will be a nine or ten win team next year um but like i said losing to Forrest buckner is big and they're not bringing back the same running back core that they did last year they're going to be less talented um i mean nonetheless though kyle shanahan's a really creative coach especially with the with the run game with blocking schemes Um, but outside of that, I look at the roster and I think, what do they have? They have, uh, a below average quarterback in Jimmy G. Um, they have an aging secondary. They just lost a lot of playmakers on that defense, which was why they got to the Super Bowl in the first place. So I think the Niners take a a pretty big step back next season. Um, and I think that whoever they face in the first round, they're going to get bounced. Um, Unlike you, I do think the Buccaneers are going to get into the playoffs. Um, I just think there's too much talent for them to not. And, you know, the thing people don't realize is how good the Tampa Bay defense has been the last few years. Their issue hasn't been personnel or or even coaching on defense. It's been the fact that the offense turns the ball over 40 times a season, (laughs) conservatively. (laughs) Like, no defense is going to be good under those circumstances.
0: Their red zone numbers Um, are
1: terrible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i mean but the the buccaneers have a great defense they have shaquille barrett who's one of the best pass rushers in the league then dominican sue is still just as productive as ever despite what some people think you know he's not posting monster sack numbers but it's because he's eating up two or three blockers mm-hmm. on the defensive line in the interior um they bring back jpp who's still a really productive professional their linebacker core with avante david is loaded um and on offense, they had one of the best offensive lines last season. I think they were seventh in the NFL around there. Um, and they were particularly good in the interior. In the two weaknesses they had on that line, both tackles, they went out and fixed in the offseason. They signed a tackle from the Colts, who, again, were one of the best O lines. And then they drafted Tristan Wirfs with their first overall selection. Um, I think, obviously, Brady has the most talent he's had possibly ever in his career um Definitely
0: mike evans in 2007 Cr-
1: yeah in a long time uh mike evans and chris godwin mm-hmm. are the first pair of wide receivers to both be named to the pro bowl this past year since the 09 arizona cardinals with larry fitzgerald and anquan bolden oh. um and with not even mentioning gronk the two tight ends that tampa has cameron Bray and oj howard are great weapons they're solid blockers oj howard still has a lot of potential he's still young in the nfl and they're going to be terrific assets for brady to have in the red zone i i think the buccaneers are a really good team and i think they're going to make a playoff run next year um after them as as uh, my final wild card team i have the dallas cowboys um yeah. i do agree with you that the cowboys are really talented this year um You know, I I feel like we've been saying that for several years, though. Like, yeah, the the Cowboys are really talented. They they could win 12 games, and then they never do. But obviously the big difference this year is Mike McCarthy. Like, Mike McCarthy has a Super Bowl ring. Um, He's a really good offensive head coach. And I don't think many people question that he won't be an upgrade over what Jason Garrett was, because he will um in the defense too it, they lost byron jones which i think hurts a lot um but they still have a ton of talent demarcus lawrence is one of the best pass rushers in the nfl and like you said cory the, the linebacker core is terrific with layton Vander Esch, jalen smith um and of course the offensive line is it's been the staple of the cowboys for the last half decade mm-hmm. they're one of the best offensive lines in the league and they have zeke elliott um so I think the Cowboys will be a good team next year. I think they can win 10 games. I have them at nine and seven right now just because they haven't done it. Um, they haven't won more than nine games, I don't think, in a while, in a, at least several years. Um, but I think that they can sneak into the playoffs and that they can be a, a, a dangerous team once they're into the postseason. Um, so yeah, the Niners, Bucks, and, and Cowboys are my three wildcard
0: teams. So I just thought it was like, quick power rank idea in my head. What uh if you had a power rank these three quarterbacks, not based on potential, based on how good you think they are now, where would you rank Jimmy G, uh Dak Prescott, and Carson Wentz?
1: Wentz one, Dak two, Jimmy G at distant three. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> distant three. <laughs> where do you rank him? <laughs> I I think
0: I am. I think I like Dak more than I like Carson Wentz. <laughs> I... Do you? Yeah, I,
1: uh, that's fair. Actually, I mean, my issue with Wentz is just um, injuries.
0: Um, yeah, that, that... you know,
1: I'm, I'm just, I'm just assuming both guys are, are playing. Like, who's more talented? I think who's more talented is Wentz.
0: Yes, that, that yeah. is how I feel too. I just think, I think this like the way that quarterbacks are like viewed now we like kind of like it's like Sam Darnold like we're giving Sam Darnold this like oh my god Sam Darnold is great and I'm like based off of I'm not
1: saying that actually I don't I don't agree with that
0: a lot of people do did you see like that ESPN thing where they power ranked like the four quarterbacks in the AFC East like which one would you have and I'm like this is the dumbest segment ever one Jared Stidham and Tua haven't even played a single game two (laughs) fair Josh Allen is like just there and, th- and three Sam Darnold is like all Mike Greenberg likes talking about
1: well yeah the Jets ha- Jets fans haven't had a lot to root for you know Greeny can say what he wants
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> they haven't had much they've had Darrell Revis, and uh you know they used to have Chad Pennington I guess
0: they had uh, uh Damien Thomas a few seasons
1: <laughs> yeah they did they Sean did. Green man there's been a lot of talent on the jets
0: san antonio passed passes prime yeah (laughs) after he won his super bowls
1: (laughs) and then brought that championship culture
0: to anyway (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah so i guess the one we're going to close this out with is uh rookie of the year our prediction for offensive rookie of the year i guess i should say because it does split um So for the past 10 years, Kyle, I don't know if you know this, it's either been a quarterback or running back outside of 2014, which was OBJ, because since 2010, it's been Bradford, Newton, RG3, Eddie Lacy, Odell Beckham Jr., Todd Gurley, Dak Prescott, Kamara, Saquon Barkley, and Kyler Murray, which should have been Jacobs.
1: No, I, I like Kyler as the pick. Kyler was good.
0: I don't um, think he was as good as what Josh Jacobs was for Oakland.
1: Josh Jacobs was stepped in and was great right away. I'll give you that. Um
0: I think I just love Kyler's future.
1: potential though.
0: See, this is the quarterback thing. Again. <laughs> Kyle, you walked right <laughs> into it. <laughs>
1: what did you say?
0: Um, for my pick for rookie of the year. No 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 no. What what about Kyler? Oh about no, I was Kyler? saying this potential quarterback thing. <laughs> We're giving oh, quarterbacks yeah. a lot more credit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, Kyler's really accurate, man.
0: So is Baker.
1: <laughs> uh, Baker was not very accurate
0: last year. <laughs> that, he Baker was first year though. Last
1: year. Yeah, fair, fair. Okay, um, for rookie <laughs> of the year. God, I feel like a lot of people are going to say this, but I really love Clyde edwards hilaire Um, I think he fits the Chiefs' offense so well, and I think he can step in right away and make an impact. Um. I mean, he, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was one of the best players on that LSU team. Up there with Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow was saying it himself. Um, if you watch Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, his tape from last season, he was explosive. I mean, the lateral movement is unlike anything I've seen. Um, you know, he, he reads defenses really well. He's patient. And then when he finds the hole, bang, he goes and takes it. Um, I think he'll do great uh, under Andy, uh, Andy Reid catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. Um, And the Chiefs' offense just has so much balance to it. They have deep ball threats. You know, Patrick Mahomes can tear defenses up with a short and intermediate pass. They can run the ball well with Damian Williams and now Edwards Hilaire. And then they can set up the screen game. They just have so many options to get the ball to playmakers that I think Edwards Hilaire can really thrive in Kansas City. Um, So
0: I think he'll be the rookie of the year. Damian Williams won Super Bowl MVP, right? He did, yes, that he That was did. probably one of the most bang average players to ever win Super Bowl MVP.
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but it's, be- it's because of the fit in the offense and-, and the scheme, the coach, and the quarterback, really. let me tell And Damian you, Williams fits <laughs> it, so he can thrive.
0: As an owner of Damian Williams in fantasy last year, Damian Williams was the most irrelevant player in the regular season out of any fantasy running back I have spent re- begrudgingly a third-round pick on.
1: Oof. That's a bust. You uh, spent the third on Damian Williams. It was a keeper league.
0: Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Kyle, Still. <geez. laughs> I didn't want him, I needed a running back.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you reached?
0: No, that was actually where he was mocked. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> bust. <laughs> I think it's very easy to see a world in which Damian Williams won't have a relevant job within a year. Yeah. Because of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah, I mean, running backs in this league past, like, your rookie contract are officially a question mark. You have to be, like, the elite of the elite to really get paid the money to keep being a starter. Exactly, yep. Um, So I don't know if you saw the odds that Vegas has on the Rookie of the Year. The obvious favorite here is Joe Burrow with 250. Edwards-Hilaire is the second favorite at plus 800, tied with Tua. And then DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor are fourth and fifth. Interesting. I don't know what like drugs the people in Vegas are on, but if there is a world in which Matt Patricia can produce an offensive rookie of the year, I would love to see it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would too. I, I think it's just more that it's uh, a really talented running back who's in a situation where he can play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know if I would – yeah. I don't, <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know if I'd put my money on DeAndre Swift. Jonathan Taylor is more intriguing to me.
0: Yeah, it's like I think the way that the rookie of the year is set up is either the player has to be on a team so bad that he makes it look like he is the only positive thing they have going, or it's a rookie that is in a system that is already really good and he gets to be seen in, like, prime time, and he's like, oh, he's a very good contributor to a good playoff team.
1: Right, and that could be Edwards Hilaire.
0: And I I think in the same way that could be Jonathan Taylor splitting – with uh, Marlon Mack, which I I don't get why they drafted him when they have Marlon Mack, but <laughs>
1: well, I the, I mean the thing with running backs is like you said after their rookie contract nobody knows like it's just such a brutal position to play that teams always are looking to draft depth especially the Colts who are looking to make a Super Bowl run this year because they think they're contenders.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then after that, these are the last ones I'll say is uh, Jerry Judy in Denver with plus thirteen hundred. Yeah, that's interesting. CD yep. Lamb in Dallas with plus 1500. That's also interesting. And uh, J.K. Dobbins and Henry La Ruggs close it out with plus 1600 for Dobbins and plus 1800 for Ruggs. I could tell you right now, yeah. Henry Ruggs is not winning that award because <laughs> John Curtin no, wants Carr to not be relevant whatsoever.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, well, it's just a list of a lot of playmakers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I can I can see J.K. Dobbins fitting in really well in Baltimore. I can see C.D. Lamb having in a thousand yard season with Dallas, which would be crazy for a rookie. But I think it's possible. Um, Jerry Judy could too. We'll see. Um, the the wide receivers, especially that came in this year, are super talented.
0: Yeah, they make up a lot of Vegas's um, top picks because they also included Mims, Ray Gore, and Jefferson in that list. Yep. And somehow yep. Justin Herbert, who I doubt will even play ten games, <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> I <okay. laughs> I'm gonna move on from Herbert. <laughs> um, I picked C Day Lamb to be not C Day C D Lamb to be my favorite. I mean, C. This, D. this just goes like this ties into if Dallas plays well, I think C D Lamb will be a huge reason as to why they do. I mean, they already have a very talented one-two punch with uh Cooper and Gallup. I think C D Lamb's has a way higher ceiling than Gallup And I think he'd be like An insane one like that would Be like two if C.D. Lamb Plays to his potential would be like basically Two wide receiver ones Being on the field at the same time
1: Right also with Michael Gallup On the field at the same time yeah but... and that Offensive line in Zeke that's it's a really Talented offense in Dallas
0: there's a part Of me that feels like C.D. Lamb could Suffer from Calvin Ridley Issues though where we thought out Calvin Ridley being with Julio, we're like, Oh my God, this is going to be insane. Atlanta has two top wide receivers. And I don't, I think people need to start selling on the idea that Calvin Ridley is not that great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think Calvin Ridley is what he was like hyped up to be coming into the league. I mean, I don't know what impact though, playing with Julio Jones had, I think possibly the fact that Calvin Ridley struggled to see the field may have played more of an impact. Um, because, I mean, Mohamed Sanu was ahead of Ridley for a while on Atlanta's depth chart. Um, yeah, Sanu. <laughs> it, it, he, he's still on the Patriots, right? He didn't also leave yes. with everyone else? No. <laughs> he didn't leave with Brady and Gronk? Oh, okay.
0: You know, this just sounds um, like
1: unnecessary battery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just had to get one more jab in at the Patriots. You know, someone's um, got to. <laughs> no, but I, I think CD lane will do well in Dallas, so I'm with you on that.
0: All right, Kyle, you got anything uh, coming up this week with uh, the Big Sports Guy?
1: Yeah, uh, check out BigSportsGuy.com, Big with two eyes. I'm going to be posting a couple more blogs this week. Um, Looking ahead to next season, so be on the lookout. Also follow me on Twitter at Big underscore Sports Guy for more updates.
0: If you follow the Extended Cuts Twitter, you will see that we constantly retweet his stuff because it is that good.
1: Thank you, Corey. Yeah, the Extended Cuts great. Excuse me, follow them too. Follow the Extended Cuts Twitter, Instagram, and, and check out the website. You're, you're doing great work, Corey. Oh. Th- thank you. <laughs> you're welcome anytime.
0: And you'll see on our YouTube channel that me and Kyle will start posting workouts.
1: <laughs> to yeah. To- we're gonna start we're gonna start showing you how to get these yoked shoulders.
0: All three portions of the shoulder.
1: All three heads. You gotta hit all three heads. We'll show you the, the, the technique, of course, to the toss that Corey explained. Um, we'll show you everything.
0: I'll show you everything. <laughs> it's all going to be there. Just, just,
1: just It's all going to be there. Don't worry yeah. about it. The extended cut co- on YouTube, right, Corey? Oh, yes. Yep. Check it out.
0: All right, uh, Kyle. Thanks for coming on, buddy.
1: Thanks, Corey. Appreciate it. Bye.
0: All right. Thanks to Kyle, aka this big sports guy, for stopping on by, talking all things NFL and mailbag. Thanks again to everyone who sent a mailbag question. It means a lot that you guys like the podcast and want to be a part of it yourself. And we will always be ready to answer your questions. If you like these podcasts, please remember to subscribe to wherever you're listening from and check out our YouTube channel at The Extended Cut or Instagram or Twitter. Thanks again, guys, and we'll see you next Monday.